It is the L-E-F-K-O-E, man, and you are listening to the sweetest sounds, the sultry tones, the boisterous boys, the Joint Practices Podcast. Get it, fellas. Yo! Welcome back to the Joint Practices Podcast. This is the podcast for fans, by fans, Fans like me, I'm your host, Sean Lamont, on Twitter, at 11thegoat. Joined tonight by the OG Olive Garden pimp, Mr. Super Sticky Steve Knox, on the Twitter bird, at the Knox says, Soupy Doopy. I just headbutted my mic with my hat. Saw that. We're off to a good start. Rocking and rolling. And of course, we always love to have a third person on the show. We had my brother Steven for a while, but... He's gone a little MIA, but it sounds like we have a third person tonight. Not on Twitter, Elijah is back. The <laughs> infamous Patriots fan, Tom Brady lover himself. Elijah, welcome back. Thank you for having me. It's great to be back. I'm signing tonight. up for Twitter right now because I forgot to. <laughs> so you can find me on Twitter at Elijah is wrong because uh, I'm oftentimes wrong. <laughs> Count it. That's what we're all, right, all about. Guys. We're just a bunch of knuckleheads talking football. So tonight we are going to rank our top 10 quarterbacks in the NFL going into this season. And it's going to be interesting because I don't know what criteria either one of you used. I used one I pretty much made up on the fly. So that should be fun. And I'm sure we're going to be way off on Tom Brady on each other's lists. <laughs> <laughs> I think probably. <laughs> uh, anything else going on you guys want to talk about before we get into this? Uh, well, Brady fell a few spots on my rankings after the golf tournament where we saw he cannot win without Bill Belichick. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is just proof that Tom Brady can do no wrong. Because what other grown man splits his pants on live national television and everybody's like, oh, that's so cute. <laughs> I'm just surprised he wasn't wearing women's underwear or something. <laughs> just says Uggs across his ass crack. <laughs> <laughs> A furry line box of briefs or something. <laughs> oh, man. Oh. I, I, right, I guess the, I, the thing I want to bring up is uh, I know quarantine is hard and the lockdown's hard, but... NFL players need to stop being knuckleheads and getting arrested. Oh, Jesus. It's, was it like three in a two-day span? There was like five arrests in a week. One of them I can understand if the story is true. The player is bringing up. Apparently had friends over for a poker game, which I, I don't know how, what poker well. table they're playing at or how many are there. But with social distancing, that's a little difficult. But apparently he says one of those guys allegedly... Uh, sexually assaulted is like five-year-old and he pulled the gun on him so uh, good for you yeah if that's the case, I mean you probably could have just beat the shit out of the guy with your hands you know firing off a, a gun you know it's kind of a, a felony <laughs> when it's not deemed necessary so um, kind of a boneheaded play but hey I completely understand defending your family yeah, Starting in the moment, show I can't tonight. say it wouldn't have done the same. But 
soup's going to get sticky on him tonight. I can feel it. This is going to be a, a good episode. This is episode 91. If you're listening to the Joint Practice Podcast after episode 91, let me just tell you, the countdown to 100 will be epic. I think we're going to try to do something big for episode 100. We're going to get 100 guests at the same time over Skype. It should be great. <laughs> just kidding. No, but we'll do something fun. Awesome that you guys are still listening. I love people from work come up to me and tell me they listen. It's always cool. But it'd be even cooler if you give us a rating, a review, subscription on Apple Podcasts or whatever podcast service you use, whichever fruit service, fruit, blueberry, orange, banana, tomato is apparently a fruit. And Pluto's not a planet. The world we live in. So <laughs> you can also tweet at us at Joint Practices. Say what's up. You guys ready? I was born ready. All right. Like spaghetti, stuck to the wall. Elijah, let's start with you. Who is your number 10 quarterback in the NFL? And if you uh, had any criteria, go ahead and share that, too. I was going to say, like you said, criteria, who who knows? Um, I looked at stats. I looked at age. I looked at if I hate the person, uh, if I <laughs> like the person. So there was a lot of stuff going on. Um Try to take into account past success, but also this coming year. So, you know, uh, past success, Drew Brees gets a lot. Russell Wilson gets a lot. But are they going to do what they usually do? I don't know. Anyhow, number 10 on my list, uh, Ryan Tannehill. Uh, last year, he only played what, 12 games, started 10 of them. When he played, uh, one of the highest completion percentages in the league. Uh, yards per attempt was, I think, first in the league. Uh, has the keys to the keys to the kingdom now. So I've got him as you know above. But one thing I noticed doing this, uh, there's a lot of average quarterbacks, which I guess makes sense because average is what most people are. But there was a lot uh, at the top of this list. There was a lot of people that could have snuck in top ten, but with. Uh, uh, with his last year, go with Tannehill. Start off the top ten list. Yeah, I, th- I think Tannehill was one of those guys too, because I kind of did the same thing. Looked into stats, looked into career quarterback ratings and completion percentages and stuff like that. Um, but you know, Tannehill for me was one of those guys that I left out of the top ten, um, given what he had done prior to last year. And my number 10, all like Ryan Tannehill, um, had success because or has had success because of uh, the guy that's standing behind him. I think Tannehill's great season was a result of the fact Derrick Henry was a monster last year. So my number 10, as much as I hate to do it, uh, Dak Prescott. Barf I put him in there. Emoji. But it's only because... I think in large part the success he has is because he's got Zeke Elliott standing behind him. Um, you think of the times Zeke has missed time. Prescott looks, as Elijah mentioned, average like a lot of these quarterbacks. And so I just, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm put a, I put him in there. You know, last year, a guy that threw for 4,700 yards, 30 touchdowns, nine interceptions, you know, a, maybe a career-high 65 percent completion percentage last year yeah he uh 
Unfortunately, he's getting in. Oh, man. He's not worth whatever he wants for his contract, though. <laughs> Just sign that $30 million tender for now and figure it out later. Yep. Or just keep fucking up the Cowboys salary cap and making us all happy. All right. I'm going to start off with some fireworks here because in my projections, my top 10, I didn't use anybody that's going to be a rookie this year because you just don't know. But I did include past performance, but most recently last year's performance. So these rankings are going to be my projection based on what I feel they did last year. So I think my number 10 quarterback is probably going to be a surprise, but this guy's going to blow up this year. I'm taking Kyler Murray. He's got some weapons. He's got the offensive mind of Kingsbury. Blow it up, man. They're going to set the league on fire. You watch. Kyler's going to be a top 10 quarterback. Well, he's throwing to DeAndre Hopkins. I mean, I could throw a ball, you know, squeeze my butt cheeks and shoot that thing out, and he'll catch it, so... Yeah, of course he's going to have a better year than he did last year. but And he had a pretty good year last year as a rook. So I'm giving him a big jump to number 10. He was uh, middle of the road. 15th overall in QBR last year. I think it's not that much of a jump. Yeah, five spots. We'll see. He just needs to bring down that, that 12 interception number yeah. he had last year. Just bring it down a little bit. Maybe to six. All right, number nine. Who wants to go first? I'll hop right in. Um, there you go. Boy, oh boy, though. We were just mentioning Kyler Murray and who he's throwing to. My number nine quarterback used to throw to him. That's Deshaun Watson. Um, wow. Whoa. <laughs> super athletic, and I think, you know, given decent weapons, uh, he's a guy that makes a huge difference on your team and – you know, one of these quarterbacks that has a lot of mobility too, able to extend plays and uh, run around. So, yeah. I don't think he anyone's show. arguing with you that he should be nine. Uh, I have much higher than that. I have him higher too. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, well, like, really, what what has he accomplished though? You well, know I do I mean? have in my notes a big reason why he will probably fall off. But well, yeah. All right. Uh, for me, nine. Um, probably completely left off your guys' list, but this is where I put Thomas Edward Patrick Brady. Uh, going to a system in, in, in Tampa, they'll probably let him sling it around. He's got substantially more weapons than last year. Uh, their O-line is weak, so he'll have to get the ball out early, but he doesn't usually have an issue with that. Uh so, Brady at nine, I wanted to put him higher. I couldn't. I tried to. I tried to rationalize it a lot, but that's where I've got him, number nine. Wow. That is shocking. I expected him to be in your top three, honestly. No, no. I try to be rational in my outlook <laughs> on him. Uh, I think if he's a number nine quarterback on the year, that's a victory for both him and the Buccaneers, honestly. Yeah, true. All right, my number nine. I had 28 reasons to pick this guy, but only three of them made sense. See what I did there? Matt, Ryan. <laughs> 28 to three. See what I did there? Right. We got jokes, dad jokes, joint practices, dad jokes. <laughs> I picked Matt Ryan. He had a solid year, 
they came on strong at the end of the year. They finally have somebody in there running the offense who, you know, has done it competently. Competently. <laughs> Words are hard. <laughs> Anyways, Matt Ryan is my nine. I'll go right in again at eight then because okay. Elijah said Brady at nine. I actually had him at eight. That's shocking he, to me. I think he'll have a decent year. I don't think it will be like, you know, mind-blowing record setting. But with the weapons he has, it's going to be hard for him not to have a good season. So I still think he has top 10 potential. You can go ahead, Elijah, so we can uh, discuss my number eight later. Uh, okay. Uh, so for me, uh, yeah. Sean will be upset. Uh, I've got Dak Prescott. He's got weapons. He's got a good offense. The offensive line's amazing. He is very stupid if he doesn't just take what they're offering or close to it. Um, but I think with everything that they've got, he'll he'll be a top 10 quarterback. Whether or not he takes any more steps in his career is doubtful, but I think it'll be a solid year for Dak. Yeah, I think it's going to be telling for him. Uh, you know, new coach comes in, Mike McCarthy now running the show. Uh, so we'll see how he is able to adapt his game into, you know, a completely different system he's not used to. And that's that's going to make the difference in whether or not people, you know, are going to view him as, yeah, he's definitely worth that you know, 30, 35, whatever he wants a year. Um, we'll see. Number eight for the soup. Kirk <laughs> Cousins. Oh man, there's so much barferoni. <laughs> yeah, and I know everybody wants to hate on him. Um, He's a bomb. He, even when he was playing in Washington, he showed that if you know, given a good offensive line, you give the guy some time, um, he's able to, especially in, in the play action game, um, really, really, really. You know, help out your offense and lead you down there, you know, down the field score. I mean, look at what they did in that Broncos game. The defense lays an absolute shit burger on the field for the first three quarters. <laughs> and he, he comes back in the second half. Every single time they touch the ball, they scored a touchdown. Like, that's the potential he has. You know, he's his uh, his quarterback rate is over 100 while he's been in Minnesota. You know, he's he's been solid. You take away digs, it it might hurt him. It might not. I don't know. I guess they never really saw eye to eye, but um yeah, I don't I don't think people completely understand or they just want to place all the blame on the quarterback when for the large part it's not warranted. Yeah, he makes some knucklehead decisions, but you know, it happens. <laughs> You got two three hundred pound guys running at you. You'll probably do some dumb things too. I wouldn't. <laughs> I had cousins just off the list. I almost replaced Tannehill with him. The difference between you know eleven and eight is so small that I think it makes sense. Yeah, I didn't even consider him. <laughs> Gonna be a dick. All right, what are we at? Number seven. Anybody. I'll go for it. Uh, uh, I really dislike this player. I think he's kind of an ass, but 
He's been a elite level quarterback for for well since Brett Favre hit the dusty trails. So Aaron Rodgers. I mean, he doesn't throw interceptions. He throws touchdowns. He's got some you know durability concerns, but every year he's going to have a solid season. Uh, there was the big thing about how none of the how the Packers didn't draft any any you know wide receivers or tight ends, but he's always had decent weapons. Um, so plug Aaron Rodgers in it there. He could be top three, maybe he's got the potential. He definitely won't drop below 10. So plop him right near the middle. Let me jump in here because my number seven is Mr. A. Aaron Rodgers from Cal. Mr. Aaron Rodgers at number seven, because I believe we saw it last year. Even when Devontae Adams went down, he showed he can still put up numbers and win games with a bunch of bums. So even if that wide receiver group does regress and they don't make any progress, Rodgers is still top seven quarterback in my eyes. And number seven tonight. Steve? Number seven for me. Carson Wentz. He dubs the GOAT. And, you know, he's done really well in his young career so far. I mean... Okay, they won the Super Bowl in a year that, had he been playing, you know, who knows if uh, same thing happens. But, yeah, he was on on that MVP level, um, and he's shown, you know, glimpses of that uh, since then. And I think this year the club is all in with Carson. You can see the moves they've made on offense. Um, all yeah, the they're, speed. They're looking to rival like that, uh, you know, the friggin' – greatest show on turf team that the Rams had there back in the day with, yeah, with how fast that offense is going to be. You could see some crazy numbers from Carson Wentz and maybe he uh, makes the leap from seven up into, uh, you know, top five, maybe top three in these mm. next few years because the, the potential know. is there. And so again, you know, we're talking the story of how some of these other guys will be viewed. Uh, what Carson does the next couple of years are, Definitely going to uh, kind of cement where he stands as far as quarterbacks are concerned in this league. Man. See, Dubs the goat. All right. Number six. I'll start it off because that's where I had Deshaun Watson. He puts up crazy numbers every year. He's been so consistent since he took the starting job. And it just seems like Bill O'Brien is just going to let him air it out all the time. Now, obviously, he lost Hopkins, and it replaced him with a bunch of you know mid-level veterans. But I think if people can get downfield, like I said earlier about his escapability, his you know athleticism, he extends the plays, and that's when he gets those deep shots. He's still got Will, Will Fuller when he's healthy, so he's still got speed. Kenny Stills should be interesting. I got Watson. Six. Yeah. No Hopkins. That's what I'm saying. We're going to see, when you take away that security blanket, just how good can he be. I will go with number six. You guys just had him. Aaron Rodgers. Um, I mean, again, a guy that's been, well, won a Super Bowl. He's been to one, won it. Um, but... A guy that consistently makes everybody around him a better, far better player than they should be. Look at how many of these guys end up uh, 
going to another team after they have a decent year in Green Bay and you never hear from him again. Um, uh, it And again, <laughs> it takes him to the NFC Championship last year with really no other receiver that anybody knows other than Devontae Adams. So it may, they, may, they may struggle again this year because, again, they didn't do anything to help out uh, the offense for the most part. So, But, you know, he's still... Still a guy that uh, if the Green Bay Packers decide to move on from him in a year or two, um, I think he could go to a, you know, a strong contender and, you know, put him over the top. Uh, so for me at six, uh, there's nothing not to like about this guy, except that he is apparently uh, made of glass and needs to be wrapped in bubble wrap. Uh, Carson Wentz. When he plays, there's no uh, nothing to complain about. Two years out of four, he has not finished the season. One of those times it won a Super Bowl or so, I was told. I didn't watch it. Um, <laughs> uh, the score's 41-33, to 33 and they beat the Patriots. I know you missed it, but that's what happened. You're breaking up. Because Brady I dropped it. Uh, <laughs> internet. Oh, drive through All a right, tunnel. Sorry. <laughs> Crack, crackle. So, good Carson Wentz at six. The top five is here, folks. If you want more, keep listening. But before we do, just remember to rate, review, subscribe. Like us on Twitter and look at our pictures on InstaFace. There's a lot of them. I guess I'll start off the uh, top five then. I mean, another guy that Geez, you just really expected more from him in his career. You just can't beat the damn Vikings in the playoffs. Mr. Drew Brees. Brees and Rodgers, two guys that, I mean, if you you just gave somebody their raw numbers, you'd be like, wow, these guys probably won multiple Super Bowls. But nope, each been to one, each won one. Um, Yeah, Drew Brees. For me, is uh, number five, maybe, you know, in the last couple of years of his career here. Um, they definitely still have a good team. <laughs> you know, he might be the poster boy for undersized quarterbacks um, having success in the NFL. You watch him on his tippy toes throwing the ball because he can't see over the line. But damn, does he do it better than basically everybody else. I'll jump in because I also have. Breeze at five. Um, he's probably lost his fastball, though he didn't really ever have much of a fastball. Uh, but completion percentages last year was 74%. It's almost three out of 75 passes. and a half, actually. Well, according to my internet website, it was 74%. <laughs> so it's a different but internet website than you're looking at. Absolutely ridiculous, though. Uh, so that, it's crazy. He's got the weapons, he's got the coach. So, you know, he's on the wrong side of 40. He's on the wrong side of six feet tall. He doesn't throw it very hard or very far, and he'll still end up as one of the top five quarterbacks in the league. Well, number five is hard for me to explain because this is a quarterback I feel like has all the talent in the world and routinely seems to be making these ridiculously big plays and incredible throws, and yet 
never really elevates his team in the playoffs. They've been to two play two Super Bowls, but I just expect more out of Russell Wilson. Seems like every year he has a team, whether it's you know the offense is defense and the the offense is decent and the defense is just crazy. And then he has a team where his offense is stacked and they're putting up record, you know, numbers offensively, but they just can't seem to close the deal. I expect him to keep doing what he's doing. And that's top five quarterback. And I'm okay with that. It's not bad. It's good. Uh, Malcolm Butler broke him. So who knows where he'd be without that uh, one play? Probably true. He'd be making more money. <laughs> be, he'd be at two Super Bowls I think Bowls he's fine with the years. money he's made. Yeah. 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 Um, I guess we're... Moving into the top four, and this is where I have Tom Brady. Wow. And you know what? Because he sent you free boots. There was once this man who said to be the man, you got to beat the man. He's still playing. Whether he, I mean, he's what, 58 years old now? Um, I, I mean, you can't discredit everything that he's done. Um, and now we'll see what he can do that he's allowed to spread his wings a little bit. Go to Tampa Bay. You know, I I would guarantee you he probably already has Bruce Arians' playbook memorized from cover to cover. Um, I think that they're going to have some, some of the best success that Tampa Bay has seen from a football team uh, in their history this year. So, yeah, Tom Brady, I mean... Until he's not in the league, I, you can't leave him off this list. Well, number four is one of my favorite players to watch in the whole NFL right now. And I don't know if I need to say much more. He's just electric. Lamar Jackson. Number four. No charge. <laughs> Hope you're crossing one of your eyes right now. I almost choked on my iced tea. <laughs> uh, so for me at four, uh, I've got Deshaun Watson. Big, strong, throws it a long way. Prototypical everything. I just worry that Bill O'Brien, the GM, is going to wreck uh, wreck the Texans. I think Watson could be higher. I think he could be he could be up there with, uh, for me, Mahomes or Jackson or whoever. Uh, but... Bill O'Brien uh, is like a drunk kid playing Madden right now. <laughs> Just trading away everything. Uh, so I've got Watson at four. Uh, but to me, it's not an indictment on him. I think he's one of the rare talents. Well, here we go. Top three. Three, 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 three. Uh, Sean just mentioned him. Lamar Jackson. Just... I mean, he came in, took the league by storm. Um, everybody starts giving the comparisons to Mike Vick, who's just one of the most electric guys you could ever see on a football field. Uh, whether whether or not he makes sure that he takes care of himself on the field, that being, uh, well, when you're running around out there, eventually you might get your coconut split open by some of these guys. But... He's done, you know, for a guy that, that can't pass the ball, 
He had a hell of a year last year, throwing for 3,000 yards, 36 Not touchdowns. Bad for a running back, huh? Six interceptions. Um, yeah, dynamite. Baltimore might have a great one. Uh, for me at three, I've got Russell Wilson. Uh, I think his stats are always hurt by Seattle, uh, by their offense. But he's a guy that doesn't make a lot of mistakes. He's out there all the time. He's going to be consistently uh, uh, in the top of the league in all of the stats and also with wins. I agree that they probably should have done more already. They've had some really good defenses and really good teams. But if I'm starting something for next year, I've got Russell Wilson at three. This guy won the division with a group of receivers he picked up at GameStop. I'm going Homer, and I'm putting Carson Wentz in the top three. And I'll tell you why. Speed. All the speed. I don't care who it is. Rager, if it's Jackson, if it's Marquise Goodwin, the rookie Hightower, all that speed is going to open up Ertz and Goddard. Bold prediction, this is the first year a team has 2,000-yard receiving tight ends. Book it. Oh, to 1,000-yard. Yes. Okay. <laughs> I thought you were saying Ertz was going to go for two grand, and I was like, man, have you ever watched Megatron? <laughs> He's not Megatron. <laughs> yep. Ertz is going to go for 3,000 yards rushing and receiving. <laughs> new offense yeah um yeah moving to number two number two patrick mahomes he said duty yeah <laughs> hey lois <laughs> uh no I'm, I'm picking patrick mahomes number two um you know another guy that just sometimes he does things and you're just like how did that work? The no look passes, you know, he's got that that it factor. He sounds like Kermit the Frog when he talks. It's just it's nothing not to like about the guy. You know what I mean? Jelly bean? Yeah. Not bad. Oh, just just a tick under four thousand passing yards last year. Twenty six touchdowns and five picks. I mean Is this your number two? This is my number two, yeah. Okay. And okay. Uh, I also have Mahomes at number two. Well, you got to think, you get that, that 3,900 yards passing last year, and he didn't play in, what, three weeks? So, it's not bad. And the just the playoff run he went on, where, you know, they're down by, like, four touchdowns automatically just to make it fair. Down down 10 points in the last three games of the playoffs that he brings them back to win all three of those games is just stupid. I also have Kermit the Frog at number two. <laughs> Uh, he annoys me. Uh, I don't like him that much, but I've got him a number two. Kermit the Frog here. I can't do it. It's Plus, fun. he had that great Head and Shoulders commercial with uh, uh, Troy Palomalu. Can't forget about that. Mahomes. Elijah, what? why don't you go ahead and give us your number one? All right, I'll give you number one. Uh, I've got Lamar Jackson at number one. 
there are so many different stats I could quote. There's so many different plays I could show you. There's so many different things that I could yell about. But I just think he's the best quarterback in the league right now. He's only 22. Who knows if he can sustain it. He is a slight person for what he does in terms of physicality. He could break down at any point. But in terms of next year, just for the quarterback position in the NFL, I don't think he lasts for a decade. But next year, I think he's going to uh, uh, be head and shoulders above Patrick Mahomes, Russell Wilson, or Watson. I think he's the clear-cut number one in my book. Right. How about you, Mr. Giraffe in the back? <laughs> you like that, huh? <laughs> I do. <laughs> Croy put that there. There's an elephant there, too. It looks like the giraffe is mounting the elephant. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't happen naturally in the wild. <laughs> you got to configure it. it that way. Um, my number one was Russell Wilson, and I think it's just the sheer fact of when I look at the list of quarterbacks and I go, who do I not want to play? It's him. <laughs> Because in, the Vikings have gone to, and including this year, if it happens, um, the Vikings have had to travel to Seattle to play the Seahawks in now the last three seasons. And every single time that game comes up, I'm just like, fuck. Like, I know that they're on that level as that Seahawks team, but it's just like, it's like watching, you know, from a Patriots fan perspective, you go back to that first uh, giant Super Bowl and everybody's got, you know, Eli cornered and he's wrapped up and somebody's got a hold of his jersey and somehow he just gets out of it. And it like, I just, I love to hate the guy. And I think that right there, like, just tells me, like, he's my number, he's the number one quarterback in the league because I just wouldn't want to play a game against him if it was very meaningful for my favorite team. Man. There's no way you're going to believe me when I say this, but there is no pandering in my analysis of these quarterbacks. I genuine, genuinely believe Drew Brees is the best quarterback playing right now. Even as he gets older, he still seems to put up the same numbers every year. He's still productive. His teams are always in Super Bowl contention. Now, whether they make it on a bad call by a ref or a Minnesota miracle, you know, shit happens. But every year the Saints are a team you don't want to play in the playoffs. They just, the Vikings. Drew Brees is a maniac. I mean, he's like an inch taller than me, and he's been in the NFL for how long? The guy's incredible. He always produces and kind of like the old Tom Brady rule, rule, until he stops producing, I'm still going to roll them. Who that? I mean, and it's true, though, because he has Michael Thomas now. But you think back through the years, like, the guys that were catching the ball from him, and he made them household names. Like, you never knew about Marquez Colston, like, guys like that. And he just he made all these receivers look just untouchable at times. But they still just can't win when it's most important sometimes, yep. you know? Yep. Well, 
guys, we did our top ten list. I knew they'd be fairly different, but wow, there were some butthole ticklers in there. <laughs> I was going to say Dwayne Haskins for number one, but <laughs> hasn't quite proved it just yet. All right. Well, now that we got our top ten quarterbacks in place, let's do a little game, a little start your franchise type game. We'll start it like this. We'll go Elijah, Steve, and myself. Whoever Elijah picks, Steve, that takes him off your list, and then all the way to me. See what I'm saying? Yep. So we're going to take, if you could pick any quarterback to start a franchise with right now at their current age, current talent level, Elijah, you got the first pick. Uh, well, at this rate, it's getting weird because I talk about him a lot, but it's going to be <laughs> Lamar Jackson. <laughs> He's the youngest, he's the fastest, he's producing the most. It's going to be him. Will he you know, last for 20 years for my uh, franchise? Probably not, but we're going to have a really great little fling, he and I, and it's going to be fun. Yeah, I think Elijah brings in the, the age uh, topic, and that's why I'd pick Patrick Mahomes, just because he's younger than Russell Wilson. And right, uh, he's got that... He's got that uh, you know, the, the ceiling on his career is, you know, what Russell Wilson has already become in the league. So, yeah, I would take Patrick Mahomes. All right. If we were at this point and I could not take Mahomes or Lamar, I mean, it's really down to two young guys for me. And I'm just so committed to the ginger Jesus that I would take Carson Wentz. Because of I his was age. say Daniel Jones. <laughs> no, but I was considering Deshaun Watson. But I just like what Wentz um, brings from more of a quarterback who coaches his team. He's got the like the smarts, the on-field stuff where he just commands the offense. Where it just seems like Deshaun is stuck just running whatever Bill says in his headset. Yeah, I'm taking the goat. All right, so. Now that we have our three starters, you got to pick a backup for your franchise, and I will go first, and we'll go backwards. So, uh, man. You know, Andy Dalton qualifies as a backup now. I'll take Andy Dalton because I don't want to bring Nick Foles back because that's a problem. <laughs> I guess if we're like picking somebody who warrants that backup quarterback money, and I'm thinking age-wise, I'll take Josh Rosen. I think he's kind of got a bum deal. Uh, That's a good one. In his time in the NFL so far, so yeah, I I take Josh Rosen as a backup to Mahomes. Yeah, with Rosen, you just don't know because he's never had any sort of chance. Um, yeah. If I have to pick, I'm going to take someone that's going to throw a bunch of touchdowns and someone that is also going to throw a bunch of interceptions. <laughs> so I will be taking Jameis Winston as my backup. <laughs> We're going to score a bunch of points for both teams on those passes. <laughs> NFL blitz, baby. NFL blitz style. Drop back and just chuck it in the air. If I could go off on a little side tangent real quick, since we're talking about backups, 
I've been hearing this a lot on multiple podcasts I listen to, mostly regarding the Eagles, where, you know, behind Wentz, they have Nate Sudfeld, Jalen Hurts, and Kyle Lalletta. A bunch of, you know, under the radar, not really threatening prospects. These guys on their podcast keep talking about how the Eagles have to sign a backup who's a veteran because you can't have a backup who hasn't started a game. Well, how the fuck do any of these guys get experience if that's the rule? You can't be a backup if you haven't started a game, but you can't start a game because... Yeah, look what happened in New England. that hasn't started the game oh, yet. What the fuck? Uh, this narrative keeps coming over and over. Oh, they have to sign Josh McCown back. Oh, they missed on Joe Flacco. Why do they have to have a backup who's played in the NFL before? Why? What? It's dumb. Get if Cam this guy Newton has the talent knows. and he's half the age and he can run your offense, you know, enough to get you through the rest of a game, maybe two, three game stretch, whatever you need, then why wouldn't you go with the young guy who has the upside? Because then that guy can be the next Matt Castle, Matt Flynn, back up into a starter. You trade him for assets. It makes no sense why they have to have a backup who started has starting experience or has played in how can you get experience in playing in a game if you don't make the roster because they have to have a veteran and make oh man like it's fucking frustrating it makes it's, no sense this is this is just the people piling on to the fact that the eagles use their second round pick to draft a quarterback when they already have one um, and everybody's going to find every you know way possible to devalue what what happened there um, like obviously you know <laughs> The Howie Rosemans, the Doug Petersons, they love what they see from Jalen Hurts, and they see him as a, you know, well, I'm going to say heir apparent to Carson Wentz, but Wentz's career is, you know, just getting started. And, uh, I mean, why not? <laughs> it's it's silly to think, like, you, you're going to have to eventually, you know, throw a dart at the board and whatever it lands on or whoever falls to you, you got to make the move, you know, at one time or the other. You'll see it, you know, up and down the league. It happens all the time. And so eventually one of these guys, I'm not, I'm not saying like from a team perspective because plenty of these teams have gone through the quarterback roulette. Look at the Cleveland Browns, for God's sakes. Um, but, you know, eventually one of these guys ends up panning out in the league and if you're not willing to take the chance on it, then, you know, what what did Michael Scott say? You miss 100% of the shots you don't take? Like, <laughs> that's the way that's the way it, it goes. That's just the way it is. Good stuff, right, Maroki? All right. How about this? Elijah, start with you. Take a rookie that you would take as a starter and then one rookie that you would have taken as a backup. Uh, well, the, if I get to go first again, this is easy. I'll take as a starter, Joe Burrow, um, number one overall pick. I, I, I mean, there's other good starters that were taken, but I think he's the most NFL ready last year in college. He put up absolutely insane numbers over 60 touchdowns. Um, so yeah, I'll take Joe Burrow. Number one, Overall, for the Elijah Arnold 
fighting Irish. That's <laughs> not true. Um, so you're saying like rookies that were in this draft class? Yep. That were just drafted. Uh, do I get to pivot right to my backup? I'll take Tua. No, that doesn't seem fair. <laughs> yeah, do these backups come off the board? Whether they're drafted, undrafted, free agent, whatever you want. All right. Um, so if I'm taking someone that it's more like a backup, not not a Tua, not a Justin Herbert, um, I think that Jake Fromm fell further than he should have. I mean, uh, a year ago he was going to be top three pick, didn't pan out with his uh, his uh, senior season at Georgia, maybe doesn't have the physical tools people thought he did, but he won a bunch of games. He, uh, he's got, you know, fairly accurate arm, not overly powerful, but I think he could get in there and run a NFL offense if, uh, if he had to. Yeah, Fromm would have been my second pick uh, had I been able to make it. Um, from a league perspective, I think the way that we're seeing some of these more successful offenses trend, I feel like Jordan Love makes the most sense. Um, honestly, like I didn't, I don't really love what I've seen from Burrow, Herbert, Tua. I just think like they, you can compare them a lot to some of the guys that were first-round quarterbacks in the past and they flame out real fast because they're on terrible teams and they, you know, can never find their way in the NFL. Um, but I think, you know, someone like Jordan love is able to run some of these offenses that you see in Kansas city, see in Baltimore. And I, I just think that he would be, um, a guy that I'd be comfortable trying to take my team in that direction. Um, because it's it seems to be the trendy thing to do, and that's really what happens in the NFL. You know, it's just whatever the cool new thing is, everybody starts trying to do it. So, I think he would be the guy that would be able to, uh, you know, run that style of offense. Um, and as far as a backup goes, I'm just looking like a who should be a backup role. Uh, I take like I take Jacob Eason. I think he'd be another guy that um, I think he's. I, he has more chance, I think, to, in a number of years, become a starting quarterback versus these guys that were, you know, the top 10 guys um, that won't be in the league after a number of years. That He's going to come back around after he had time to learn, you know, learns the ropes from the guy that's uh, running the show, the, the coaches and everything, taking all that information. And um, I wouldn't be surprised if Jacob Eason was a guy that, ends up uh, wowing some people down the road somewhere other than where he was drafted. I cannot remember for the life of me where he got drafted. Eason? Where did Eason go? Oh, the Colts. That's right. Fourth round. All right, so you made it very easy because you left Tua sitting there, so I'll go ahead and take Tua because he's the last of the big three. You would because you like Tebow so much. I do. And for my backup, I'd definitely not pick Jalen Hurts. So <laughs> I'd actually go with Anthony Gordon from Washington State. The kid can sling the rock. 
And I think uh, Gardner Winshew's performance last year opened the way for Washington State quarterbacks. So that's my backup. Yay! All right, last one we'll do. For each one, give me a veteran, a rookie, and a backup. You can pick the same people, this one, so it doesn't matter. But there's two minutes to go in the game, and you're down by seven. Pick your veteran quarterback. Is it me first again? Yes, sir. All right. Uh, I'm going to take Thomas Edward Patrick Brady. Two minutes to go. Seen it so many times. Uh, The couple times it hasn't worked out, I don't remember what happened, really. Um, Brady dropped it. (laughs) No, like, you're talking, but I, I don't know. <laughs> uh, I see your lips moving. <laughs> I can't make out the words. I'm deaf. Guys, the internet. Uh, yeah, I'll take Brady. Uh, there's obviously a bunch of other quarterbacks that have had a bunch of success in the fourth quarter. I've seen it before. I'm used to it. It's like it's like uh, when you're growing up, you have a little security blanket. And uh, that's what I'm, that's what Tom Brady was for me. And now that blanket's gone. And uh, the world is a worse place for it. All right. Say you scored. Say Brady scores and you're the coach. Yeah. With Tom Brady, would you kick the field goal or go for two? Is it uh, is this like a uh, to, to win versus to tie? Yes. I'm going to take – well, I, I mean, we've seen it fairly recently. I'm going to take the tie. We're going to overtime. And we're going to really hope on that coin toss. We want the ball and we're going to score. Exactly. Uh, the last time they went for two in a super important situation, I think, was against the Broncos to try to tie it up to have a chance to go to the Super Bowl, and it was not successful. And then the time before that, I want to say, was against the Panthers when Luke Keekley grabbed Rob Gronkowski and did some things to him that he shouldn't have done, and it wasn't called. So not great experiences with two-point conversions as the time runs out. <laughs> Soup, hit me with a vetty. I'll take Aaron Rodgers in this situation. Um, and solely because if you mismanage the time, we've seen countless, uh, you know, situations where you see Aaron Rodgers just throwing it 45, 50 yards down the field. And for some reason, he just seems to have more success uh, than anybody else ever <laughs> doing those sort of things. So. Yeah, I'd, I'd take Rodgers. Uh, he's consistent. Again, he's really good in like a hard count situation if you ever needed it. Get yourself a free play. Um, he he really good at throwing his guys into pass interference calls and things like that. So, yeah, I, I think Rodgers gives you a lot of uh, a lot of maneuvering you can do in order to find a way to score. I'm really shocked nobody said Dak. <laughs> All right, this is kind of easy for me. Based on last year's playoff run, I'm taking Patrick Mahomes. Good. Never mind two minutes. It could be 37 seconds, and I'm not worried about him going 70 yards for the score. Well, with Tyreek Hill and all them, yeah. Yeah. Steve, with Rodgers, would you go for two? Oh, yeah. You You got a mountain of tricks that, you know, Rodgers has up his sleeve, so. Whether you're going to do some play-action bootleg, you know, friggin' shovel pass, something. Like, he's, you've seen him. He's just got all these little 
the in- intricacies in his game that uh it's like he's you know he's already one step ahead of the defense in uh, in most situations all right i would go for two as well with patrick mahomes and andy reed i know they got something up their sleeve the kansas city special <laughs> All right, so uh, let's go backwards then with Rookie. And with two minutes to go, I'm actually going to take Tua because of his mobility. I know Joe Burrow has a little bit, but Tua's just on another plane athletically. And to be able to pick up those third downs by, you know, keep you know his feet moving, keeping the chains moving, signal the first down, clock still runs, get back to the line, spike it, hurry up, let's go. Sorry, I was daydreaming. No, I'm picking two. <laughs> I would. I, I mean, I think if you look at what happened last year, uh, I just, Joe Burrow seemed to jump out just because they scored early and often, and the you know up and down the field they went uh, in that offense at LSU. And I know that the NFL game's a lot different, but if you you, you look at those kind of highlights. Um, he looks like a guy that, you know, maybe could do that. Uh, without the two big names uh, left, and I've never been a giant fan of uh, Herbert from Oregon, um, take Jordan Love, Utah State. Uh, everyone thought he's going to the Patriots, didn't go to the Patriots. Not bitter. Um, Pretty sure this podcast had the Patriots mocking to trade up for him, but... Yeah, and then he was there, and they traded out, and off he went to Green Bay. Um, so, yeah, I'll take Jordan Love. He's got the tools. After you get past uh, Tua and Burrow, I think you're kind of more in a crapshoot for any sort of uh, two-minute, uh, you know. Uh, Jalen Hurts has been there in big games. Uh, Jake Fromm's been there in big games. Jordan Love doesn't have quite that resume, but I think he, he, he's got uh, the, the slight edge in talent, mobility, and athletic athletic prowess to, to lead him down the field with uh, only two minutes left. All right. Then how about this? You going for two with your rookie, or are you kicking the field goal and taking it to overtime? I am always kicking the field goal and taking it to overtime. I'm a, I'm a coward. I think in terms of... Uh you know, rookie situations, then, yeah, you'd rather kick the field goal and uh, give your guy another chance to prove himself if given the opportunity. Um, The one-and-done play as a rookie, man, sometimes it's just too much pressure for a guy. I think I'd still go for it. I'm the big balls Doug type of... Go for the dagger now type of person. So, yep, go for two. Okay, put the game away. We live to play another day. All right, the last one, and the go for two thing applies here as well. Any backup in the league, you're down by seven. There's two minutes to go. Your quarterback gets hurt. Who's the backup you want coming in? So I searched a lot. Um, there aren't a ton of great backups, so <laughs> this is not an easy question. Uh, I'm going to go easy question. Oh, no. Well, uh, maybe for you, uh, I'm going to go with my man, Brian Hoyer 
Former Patriot great. <laughs> former Brown great. Now he's a Patriot great again. You know, he's watched Tom do it. Sure, he doesn't have the ability or talent or leadership skills or anything, but that's who I'm going to give the ball to. Uh, have we seen this movie before? Yes, he's a backup now in Chicago. Nick. Big. Big. Dick, Nick. Dick. Nick Foles. I'll take him. And we're definitely running Philly Philly for two. Oh, yeah. That's Nick Foles all day. Last backup to win a Super Bowl. Put up 41 points on the New England Patriots. Completely destroying their dynasty. They won the Super Bowl the following year. (laughs) But Brady still cringes about the Eagles, so. Philly Philly. Are you taking yes. Nick Foles as well? Yes, I am. <laughs> that, I that's what I was Brett getting. Brett Hundley. It's close. Deshaun Kaiser. I mean, I guess I could make an argument for like Chase Daniel too, because um, taking over for Trubisky in that game last year against the Vikings, like Trubisky just looked like a train wreck, and then he gets hurt, and Chase Daniel comes in and looks fucking brilliant. So he's another guy. It's just, I mean. It seems like he's just never found the right opportunity. Obviously, started in New Orleans, and well, you're playing against behind. Uh, you're playing behind Drew Brees. Rare that you're going to see the field. Maybe when Week 17 doesn't matter. And he goes to Chicago, and they still don't want to start him over Trubisky for some reason, even when Trubisky was healthy. Like I, I don't know. I mean, when he came in after Trubisky got hurt. <laughs> he was, the offense started moving the ball. They started That's doing I mean. things. So yeah. He, Hello. I mean, completed seventy percent of his passes last year. That's kind of a guy I want to have throwing the ball. <laughs> he ain't no slouch. All right. All right. All right. You know what would have been a cool combo is for a veteran, Lamar Jackson. And a backup, Taysom Hill. Mm, very that cool. would have been cool on the field together. I'll take Duck Hodges. <laughs> I'll take Mason Rudolph's helmet. <laughs> I forgot about that, to be honest. <laughs> Dude. Uh, I read... To, well, was Did it he get reinstated already? I don't Friggin know. What's his face from Cleveland? I believe he did. Uh, yeah, Miles Garrett. Yep. Miles Garrett did, yeah. <laughs> Somebody tweeted the other day and goes, this pandemic is so crazy. Uh, did we forget that like eight months ago, Antonio Brown almost froze his feet off? <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Another guy who's probably never going to play again, but is better than the majority of the receivers in the league. Get your coconut straight, kids. Get your coconut straight. Coconut straight. All right. I think that's going to bring us to the end of this episode of the Joint Practice Podcast, episode 91. This was the quarterback ranking show with Elijah, Super Sticky, and myself, Shalomon. 
on Twitter at Love and the Goat. Steve is at the Knox says Elijah is going to join Twitter at some juncture in his life. He said Elijah uh, yeah. is wrong, right? Eli- uh, at uh, Elijah is wrong. Yeah. Did you already get it? Uh, yeah, that sounds right. We'll confirm sometime <laughs> soon. I'm sure there's already an Elijah's wrong. Experience. What the fuck are these people talking about? <laughs> oh, no, I am wrong Elijah at wrong Elijah. At wrong Elijah. Hey, before we go real quick, did you guys hear about this new um, onside kick proposal? Yeah, you go for it on, what, 4th and 25, is it? Yeah, they put the ball. It's 4th and 15 from your own 25. That's what it is. Yeah, obviously the one chance. If you get the first down, you keep the ball. Keep going. I thought that was pretty cool. Um, Last year in the league, there were 63 onside kicks, and only eight were successful. Yeah, I mean the numbers have been terrible the last few you, years. So this it, this this makes way more sense to do. If you implemented this, do you think that number goes up? The percentage of um, converted attempts. I think I you think stand it, a far better chance, just given the I way think, the rules are written for the kickoff now. Yeah, well, yeah. even higher advantage to the offense at that point because of how they call pass interference these days. Like Aaron Rodgers is going to get that every time. Probably. Yeah, I mean, I guess the question I have is what do they want the percentage to be at? Uh, I think that bumps it up substantially. Fourth and 15, you've got Patrick Mahomes, you've got Aaron Rodgers, you've got, well, really any NFL quarterback, uh, whether it's a pass interference or, I mean, what if we're now doing an onside kick and there's a, I don't know, an offside jump? Is that going to do it or are you going to replay it on fourth and 10 now it, it, i don't know what the percentage what what percentage they want or people want uh obviously like four and a half percent seems pretty low but if it bumps it up to you know teams are getting it 30 percent of the time that seems too high to me so it'll yeah, be interesting it, well the thing remains is that you know even if you convert you still got to go the rest of the length of the field to score um so this is just going to be one of those, if you're down one, down two, down three, and you know you only need a field goal to either win or get yourself to overtime, this seems like a way better option than, you know, risking it on an onside kick where you there's been almost no success uh, since the rule changes in the kicking game. So I think this is just like a, I mean, it, it adds a, you know, a better element of um, excitement in the game, you know, because down in the last minute or so, it's like, well, they just scored, but, you know, even going for two, they were still down three points. Well, well, now you got that potential. Maybe you could, you know, march down there and kick a long field goal, send it to overtime. I also think, I mean, this was the proposal that was brought up last year. Um, I think it was Seattle that brought it up last year. I know this year the Eagles kind of tweaked it a little bit and uh, suggested it. But I believe it was some variation of this rule that the Seahawks brought up last year and it ended up being voted down. So um, we'll see. I I just think any way that you can kind of tweak the rules in these sort of situations and keep player safety... Um, at the forefront 
makes makes all the sense in the world. I mean, I've always been a guy that I think that if you kick a field goal beyond like 55 yards, where the percentages really start to drop, it should be worth four points. Like, why not? You know? And then you have this one red spot on the outsides of the fields, and those are worth five spots. <laughs> it's fucking rock and jock basketball. <laughs> yeah, NBA jam. Yeah, it's, I mean, just... I, I don't see why you wouldn't want to um, just make the game more interesting, more exciting. I thought there was like, somebody brought up a proposal of like a, it was like a 12, 12 point touchdown or something a few years ago too. That was some like really bizarre <laughs> rule, but it was just like, man, you know, at least these people are thinking outside the box, trying to, uh, you know, make it interesting. And I honestly, why not, you know, penalize the other team for giving up like a 90 yard touchdown? It doesn't happen often, but when it does, like, why not be like, well, you guys really fucked up now. (laughs) Now you have to play with no shoes. (laughs) (laughs) All right, I didn't mean to get that that big conversation going at the end, but I remember seeing that headline and I was like, hmm, interesting. So maybe we'll get into that more next time, but episode 91 is in the books. You know, whether you're listening on the iTunes, Google, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Blueberry. Uh, did I say TuneIn? Nope. Fucking BeanPod, whatever. Um, BeanPod. <laughs> just go ahead and like and subscribe. Subscribe, friggin'. Subscribe. Yeah, subscribe. Just go ahead and leave a nice five-star rating. Maybe a review if you're feeling froggy. Um... You know, share it with your friends, with your mom. Tell your friggin' teacher that's doing their virtual thing right now with you. I listened to this podcast, and they said the F word a lot, so I think it's really cool. Maybe they could listen. But Yeah. Also, you know, talk to us on the friggin' Twitter bird guy. It's been a while. The hashtag quarterback. Because, well, we just talked about all the quarterbacks that we think are better than everybody else in the league. Hashtag quarterback. It's actually, it's like what happens when you have uh, a band, but you multiply it by five. So instead of a nickelback, you have a quarterback. (laughs) Dad joke number two on the episode tonight. Ooh. All right, guys, it's been fun. I enjoyed it. Let's come back next week and do punters. <laughs> I'm all in. All right. Well, are you in on punters or what? Uh, Zoltan Mesco. <laughs> Tom Tupa. Tom Tupa. That's Tom like Tupa the third the time Tupa's as a quarterback on one time. <laughs> I'm going. I'm going to go with Matt Turk, and I will bid you adieu with a skull like games. Flags fly, baby. We're on to Carolina. Gabe Stidham's fine. Stidham's fine. Stidham's fine.